We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too bad. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Eurostep Podcast Network, aka GSPN, and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Ty Windish, one of your hosts, joined as always by the steady Rohan Kadi, the only one on this call not dealing with some some computer issues. Rock solid, Rohan. How's it going, sir? Uh, I'm doing well, I guess. <laughs> steady. I like it. It's a good one. It's new. It is a good one. That's a good, it's a new adjective for it's a good one. Everyone likes someone who's yeah. steady. Is he the Chris Middleton of this podcast? Oh, very Ooh. topical. Pre-intro. This is just a voice from voice from the shadows. Well, I guess if you read the pod title, you probably know. But we're joined, very excited to be joined by Jim Ozwarski to talk a lot about Chris Middleton of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Jim wrote a great story on Chris and actually went to Charleston to do that last week. So very excited to talk about that. And a whole bunch of other bug stuff. Jim, thank you so much for taking the time. And how's it going? I'm good. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like technical difficulties have uh, trailed me all this week. So I uh, appreciate everyone for bearing with me on that end. <laughs> 100%. I think uh, the best part about tech is when it works. And that's uh, at least half the time. But to the Bucks, enough about our Zoom and other computer issues. I'm sure people are more interested to hear about the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, I want to take a step back at first because I know you've you've been around the state and been around pro sports, but you officially hopped onto the Bucks beat in December 2020, which, you know, for people who may have forgotten a pretty wild time at the beginning of that month, a lot of questions about is Giannis going to sign the Supermax, the 2020 postseason, not good to Milwaukee, a whole lot going on less than two weeks after you announced on Twitter, Giannis signed the thing. And then obviously from there, it's been an even crazier ride. But what was it like kind of getting getting on the beat at such a pivotal time for the Bucks? That's a great question. It's almost um, it's crazy to think that, yeah, that's how that started. <laughs> um, it, it, considering how it ended. Right. Um, yeah, it was I, I didn't have time to think because I, I came right from the Green Bay Packers beat. I mean, I literally 
wrote a special teams takedown of Sean Menenga's underperforming group. And then the very next day, it was Buck's virtual media day. And Giannis, you know, uh, all that was going on. So on one hand, guys, it was it was interesting because while I was aware of the Supermax and the impending, you know, I, I, I'm a basketball fan. I follow the league. I read my colleague, Matt Velasquez. I wasn't, you know, in it. I'm, I'm covering a football team, right, that, that had Super Bowl expectations. So on, on one end, I came in sort of blind to all of the noise, if you will. Um, and I, I guess that probably saved me a little bit of a headache. You know what I mean? Because I could, I, like, I'm already annoyed now when, you know, I hear national folks like – Giannis shows up in, in LA on TMZ and it, you know, that means something. I was like, Oh yeah, I can't imagine it's going to be like in two years. But anyway. Um, so yeah, it was definitely different. Um, COVID restrictions. It's virtual only. Uh, Mike Boonholzer, you know, graciously said goodbye to Matt Velasquez. He welcomed me, but he was a guy I didn't meet until the Eastern conference finals. Oh wow! <laughs> like oh, wow. it was just, yeah. So it was just a really weird start. Um, that not, I mean, it is what it is, uh, but, you know, it's not typical. <laughs> we'll, we'll put it that way. You're right, because I didn't have the context of all that, that lead up you just said there, Ty, with, I mean, I knew the bubble happened, obviously. I knew that the Bucks had lost, Giannis got hurt, it was disappointing, all that stuff. But I just, I guess I was very, quite literally detached, um, wholly dispassionate, so maybe uh, it was probably a good thing to maybe start the way I did in that way. Yeah, it's, it's almost trial by fire in that regard. <laughs> uh, in that sure. sense, like, yeah, because like you mentioned, all that stuff going on and it, it turned out to be a good thing, a really good thing. That was the start of the best year of like stretch of basketball in Milwaukee Bucks recent history. The last first title in the last 50 years is just it was a great time. Unfortunately, like uh, your colleague, former colleague, Matt Velasquez, who former guest on the pod, did not get to enjoy that experience, but you did. It's a good time. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned you've been a basketball fan, but obviously you spent a lot of time previously with the Milwaukee Journal Center Sentinel covering the Green Bay Packers. And that's just, that's got to be such a shift, but also not really because they're sort of teams that sort of feed off each other in terms of style and in terms of like where they're at in their sports sort of stage I could say you have this superstar who's always it's always going to be like is he going to be staying here is he going to be leaving and you have a team that grapples with championship expectations so does that trans was that transition from the Packers to the Bucks maybe not as jolting as some might think it was yeah that's a good point Ron. I um because you're right you know my my first year on the Packers beat was the end of the McCarthy era so it was disappointing but Every year there's that Super Bowl expectation. Now, then there's Matt LaFleur. First year, did people think they'd go to an NFC title game, win, win 12 games? I don't, 13 games? I don't know, but they did. And the expectations obviously shifted. The year that I left, they go to another NFC title game. So you're right. Um, having that sort of expectation, going to a basketball team that had that as well, um, it was seamless in that way because – it's, you know, the, the regular season is a, is a means to an end. Um, you just sort of, the team hopes for health and chemistry, right? 
Um, and and the, the star being the star, obviously they're, they're two different kinds of stars. Um, very yeah right in many different ways yeah yeah i i would say the biggest change though was after covering the nfl like we're we're literally every game matters and every regular season game matters and then you you marinate on that for three days afterward and then you look ahead for three days before the next one it was a little bit of a oh the bucks lost five straight no one really cares and like trying to like frame <laughs> the day-to-day coverage that was a bit of an adjustment especially on the flock like yeah. oh they lost it it doesn't matter like and and watching the guys try to say the right thing because they want to win but then you know the Nasus played 34 minutes <laughs> so like yeah that was that I would say that was the thing to be conscious of <laughs> in terms of like post-game interviews for me. That's a, that's a great point. The the difference it's like football is so like, you know, it's something you make time for, right. It's appointment viewing every week. And I think, you know, there's people like Rohan and I who are feel the same way about the bucks, but there's a lot of people who like, you know, catch the bucks on big games when it makes sense. You're not going to watch all 82. They're not going to watch Orlando on Tuesday. It's always Orlando who, has to be the Tuesday team that people don't watch. Sorry, Orlando Magic, but they probably will um, be for a while. Yeah, well, fun. let's not let's not talk about the. Orlando I mean, it Magic. used to be Detroit, but Detroit's going to be fun. That's true. That's a good point. Right. But um, no, it's a it's a great point though on the differences between the two sports. And one thing that I always try to say in in conversation when it comes up is like there, you'll get that sentiment like after a bad playoff loss, like oh man, is it even worth it? Right? I you see that said like oh I'm sick of these these stressful playoff series. And it's like, mm, you know, yeah, it's stressful. Yeah. And certainly, you know, for us, us who cover the team from afar, certainly more for you who are up close and actually going to, you know, most of all the games and everything. It's uh, a lot. It's basically a year round job at this point with the bucks, given how much basketball they play, but I will never ever trade Giannis and contending and all the stress and all the fun even with the heartbreak that comes with it for another, you know, 2013, 14 season when they win, you know, 16, 15 games, whatever it is, like it's worth it. So I hope Packers and Bucks fans really, really take that to heart to like enjoy all of this because it's really, it's really not what it's cracked up. The grass is not greener when you're not contending for championships. Yeah. So just a little background, for, for your listeners. So I, I actually was around, I covered that team. Um, my first. Oh yeah. That's right. first, so that was, I was with on Milwaukee.com from mm-hmm. 12 to 15. So um, I wasn't a much, much different era of the Milwaukee. Oh Bucks. yeah. And so <laughs> that was, you know, the end of the Skiles regime. Um, you know, yeah. Jim Boylan, at, you know, not the Chicago one. I was going to say not the Bulls. Well, one. no, he yeah. was in Chicago. My, my bad. Not not Boylan with an A. Um, yes. Not and, Drill Sergeant Boylan. Right. And Larry <laughs> Drew, um, you know, I was there for Bucks, the original Bucks and Six, which was which is wild to, like, think about. Um, and then the Larry Sanders extension experiment and obviously the, the trade for Chris, the drafting of Giannis. And you're right, like, bad basketball – it's just different in that way, guys, because you can – now, the Packers are different, so let's remove that. But most other teams, 
in the NFL, even if you strip it down to tank, like Cincinnati did, like Miami did, where are the Cincinnati went to the Super Bowl in year two of the, the healthy year two of Joe Burrow, Miami, right? Like you, you can tank in football and then go to the Super Bowl within a year or two. Basketball, that's like bad. Like, yeah, it that that's that's a whole other thing. And the fact that Giannis is who he is 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 amazing for the Bucks because Jabbar, like the, the guy they tanked for, didn't turn into the guy, right? And so it was it was instead this throw throw in second rounder and this wild card fifteenth pick, not the guy they tanked for. So like the Bucks, in reality, like it it it. it lucky i don't know um (laughs) bless whatever you want to call it but you're right it is a much different animal and and it's uh you're right i'd say the the losing in the eastern conference finals for as heartbreaking as that could be the second round losses here to, to miami and boston um with real title expectations yeah that hurts but it's it is far far different than either middling the way that those many of those '90s Bucks teams were, or or having to tear it down for five six years, hoping you get the guy. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, we're we're sickos. I was excited about Jeff Adrian's rebounding, but uh, I still prefer <laughs> this. Yeah, and you you mentioned the uh, like in, in basketball, you don't really see teams going from like lottery to the finals or whatever. I like I'm trying to think like the only two times that's really ever happened are the Warriors when they, when Steph got hurt, obviously like two years ago, and yeah. then the Spurs, when yeah, Duncan, David Robinson, Duncan, was hurt, they got but, Tim Duncan. It, but you notice though, yeah, it's gap years, right? Like those exactly. aren't, those aren't really teams. No, it, it takes, extre- it takes extreme yeah. circumstances to make that happen. So that, no, that is, that is a great point. Uh, uh, but if we, if we want to talk about a little bit about this Bucks team, this Bucks team that you cover, we, we were talking a little bit before we started recording. It's wild that the season's here. They play a preseason game on Saturday. Training camp is in full swing. You've been around the team. You continue to be around the team. What, what, do, you, what do you feel like the general vibe is around the team so far as they get started on this 22-23 campaign? It's, it's interesting. So, yeah, camp is in full swing. They've gone two-a-days. Now, they don't have two media availabilities. So, Monday, Tuesday – of this this week that we record this guys they had they had a afternoon session evening session um mike budenholzer said they went harder they went five on five um much more competitive first opening days of camp than um the last two summers which makes sense if you think about it the, the fact that they had what a 50-day off season last year and like 80 <laughs> the, the summer before um so he said, obviously, Giannis, Thanasis, Sandro, Mamou Kalashvili, all in literal game shape coming off a Euro basket. So those guys are ready. Um, they said participation in terms of their September open gyms and run-ups were great. A lot of the guys, whether fans saw it on social media or not, were in town. Brooke Lopez, who isn't on social media, or at least that we we're aware of, he, he said he had been in town quite a bit. So, you know, they're thinking guys are in, in really good shape. Um, although I will say, you mentioned the vibe, Rowan. Like, obviously, last year this time, it was, hey, defending champs, weight of expectation, all that stuff. Like, there was – not that they were, like, um, 
braggadocious or like we're the best, whatever. Like the Bucks don't carry themselves that way, but you could feel it. Whereas this, it, it's, um, I don't want to say lighter, but it's a little bit. I mean, they're not the champions. Um, they kind of have a little edge in that they they lost to Boston and maybe they feel like they not being whole, like something was left out there. Does that make sense? Like, so, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of the vibe. Like, A, the coaches are saying they're in game shape and, and like are hitting the ground sort of running. And then, yeah, they, they're sort of, uh, all right, like we're, we still can win it, but we, we've got a little bit of something to, to prove, if, if lack of a better phrase. Yeah, that's interesting and, and good. I think good to hear. I think exciting. I think there were, you know, at least some fans who kind of wish that they would hit the ground running a little more in regular seasons. And as you described, like the short off seasons, their goals being playoff and not regular season based certainly made sense that the Bucks weren't going to, you know, Giannis, Giannis probably will never play 82 again, right? Unless at some point he's at like this weird late stage LeBron <laughs> phase of his career right. where he just wants to prove that he can. But otherwise, I, I don't think we're going to see that. But, you know, maybe them hitting the ground earlier could could make A, for a more fun regular season, B, for a better result for the Bucks. I thought it was interesting and just a random question. I, I want to get to the, the Chris story and all things Chris because he is in a fascinating spot between the injury and the contract. But I saw a quote today from Wes Matthews that – essentially in this theme of like something to prove maybe hitting the ground running Wes said like no I can start like I, I don't need to play less minutes because that's been a talking point of course around the team maybe not around the team but it's certainly around the fans and like us is you know Wes is a little older he did so much for the Bucks last year I think more than you could really expect of a guy who was a free agent unsigned until December and maybe giving him a little rest would be good this year it sounds like Wes is not particularly fond of that idea, but would love any, any insight on like uh, any conversations you've had with Wes or just, you know, how, where he's at, obviously as a guy who maybe is going to start to start the season, I guess we'll see. Yeah. It's so, yeah, we, we were in that session with Wes and it was funny because he, um, yeah, he wasn't having the idea that because he's 36, he can't play a hundred games or more with the, when he said, I'm ready to start preseason. Um, he was not at, like feeling like he's just sort of this defensive stopper. He, he said, I want to be Portland West. And he feels he can still be that guy. Now we, I mean, I've been covering pro sports long enough. Um, he is 36. I mean, he looks fantastic um, standing next to him. Uh, but I mean, I guess we're just going to have to see if 36-year-old Wes Matthews can still move the way that 28 – like, not everyone's Tom Brady. Not everyone's Tom Brady um, and, or LeBron James, for that matter. So, I guess we'll just have to see. Like, I, I think he probably carries that chip. Like, wait a minute. You're, you're going to say, I can't do this thing. And I know all athletes at that level get – in part, they get to that level because they believe it. And that's what he said. Like, I just believe it. Now we'll have to see if his body believes it as well. Um, I, you know, you mentioned starting. I am curious, like, if, if Pat Connaughton, you know, it seems to me he would be the one who starts at small forward 
in place of Chris Middleton. It just makes sense. Like he's the one who did that when Chris was hurt and had COVID last year. Um, and it would make sense to me that Grayson Allen would start um, because I feel like he's just the better offensive player. Now, maybe you mitigate that because you say, oh, Pat's defense, maybe you need Wes out there. But I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it, maybe it's a matchup type of thing. And those guys kind of trade off. But, um, I, you know, I think Wes is <laughs> George Hill, Bucks Twitter's favorite player. Um, I mean, George, George, look, what you can't deny about George last year is when he played, he could still defend at a really high level. Um, he took two quarter zone shots in his neck. He opted against surgery. He says he's healthy. Will again, we'll have to see he's not running into screens right now. Right. Like he may be getting some contact, but it's not the contact. So what is he going to provide? So those are good questions, Ty. Like, okay, they, like they're in game shape and maybe they hit the ground running, but okay, what if they hit the screen or they hit the court <laughs> or they hit other bodies? Right. Like that, those are the questions we literally can't answer until it happens. Yeah, there, there's a difference between a Mamu screen in practice and then Jonas Valanciunas hitting you full speed in like February. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure Wes Matthews. Well, I'm like I. I believe he thinks he can start and play all 82, 100 games, whatever. Surely he'll regret those comments in like three months or something. Uh, but uh, it, it'll be interesting to see if he starts for sure. Uh, obviously, we didn't see that until the tail end of last season when he supplanted Grayson Allen, just one more defense. Uh, for the playoff run, stretch run, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I think he does have a solid chance to start, uh, but I, I think I would have to agree with you, Jim. I'd think Pat Constant and Grayson Allen with Chris Middleton's injury being taken into account are probably, it's probably the safest option. Best I option think uh, if we don't at least talk about Bobby Portis as an option after that media day picture, I think he's going <laughs> to quote tweet the podcast and say, LOL. No, he, he wants to, he wants to win. He does want to be six. You're right. He does, but he can start for a couple weeks and still win it, but that's a good point, Rohan. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. 
Twice a week, J.J. Reddick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as J.J. does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's interesting. I mean, look, they, they're all about, as, as Boonholzer says often, they're all about versatility, right? And any of those guys can start. Any of them can come off the bench. But Mike Boonholzer, much, this comes up, like, especially during the Denver games right, or those West Coast games where, like, things happen and Bucks fans get super mad because there's, quote-unquote, no adjustments. Like, they're not, they're not doing things for regular season games, right? Um, like, that, that comes for series. Um, but I could see for sure, though, depending how other teams are uh, constructed, like Cleveland, even with, even with Donovan Mitchell, Cleveland's big. They're still big with Robin Lopez coming up. So, like, Bobby might make more sense, right? Or teams that are just smaller, um, it might make more sense for great – you know what I mean? So, I, that, I could see that, even if it's not that true game-to-game. Um, and, yeah, Ty, you mentioned Giannis. Like, Giannis isn't going to be playing – like, Bud pretty much said, we're going to be smart. And what does that mean? Giannis is getting some days off early. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? And that's the – he wanted to play for Greece, um, and the the flip side of that is probably some minutes issues, maybe some games issues early on for the Bucks. Um, but they're still going to win a bunch, even with Chris Middleton being out, guys. Like they're still that continuity, I think, means something, um, especially early in seasons. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Especially with you know some other prominent teams in the East, kind of in flux. I mean, really outside of Philadelphia, who everything's pretty good right now. You know, Boston, obviously dealing with a lot. Brooklyn, perpetually dealing with a lot. Miami, I don't know if I'd put them in that top tier right now. But one last uh, other starter question, I guess. This is something that we've talked about on the show. I also talked about like on Twitter and other places, um, GSP and Discord too. Any shot do you think that the rookie, Marjan Bochamp, gets a chance to start? Obviously, given that you know, this would just be for a little while while Chris is out. I don't think he's going to be a full-time starter. But is there any shot that they they throw him in the fire? I don't think Dante started much year one, but certainly played a lot. No, he had, he had significant minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, the DiVincenzo comp is interesting. My Our, our friend Eric Dame at The Athletic has mentioned that, you know, DiVincenzo comes in. Bud was on board with that pick, like as opposed to say DJ Wilson, right? The year before, like, so it's a pick that the coach is invested in a defensive kind of minded guy. Um, Will Marjan start? I'm going to say yes, but with the asterisk of 
back to backs <laughs> and like uh, the day right the day yeah, that yeah. like oh uh no no not everyone knows what i'm talking about like it's it's like okay it's like it's jordan and marjan and thanasis and surge we called them and, the mamu games last yeah, year the, the bench the bench yeah. mob game like there's gonna be you know however many of those every year because that's just that's how this goes yeah um but no marjan's really interesting i think I think his veteran teammates like him. I mean, it's very early. We've actually sort of waited to see if to talk to Marjan to let him get sort of his feet wet and what it's like to practice against these guys. But we have asked the vets about him, you know, in the run up and they do like him. I think the fact that he likes to play defense will ingratiate him to bud. Is he going to do the right things and be in the right spot? We don't know. He's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. What's the tolerance for that, right? Um, if he's playing alongside, if he gets minutes next to Brooke, right? Like maybe the tolerance is a little higher. Yeah. If he's playing next to Jordan and and Mamu, and I don't know. Like it's so I don't know if he's going to like start real games, Ty. Um, I, and I hate to call them that, but you know what I mean. It, it's um, yeah. I, I do think he'll play, though. I, I don't know how you would not try to see what a guy at that length and that athletic ability can do. Um, I mean, there's no other way to find out other than to play him. And he is a first-round pick. It's the only one they're going to have <laughs> unless things go really sideways in the next two years. So you might as well see what he can what he can do. For sure. I, I was really high on Bochamp during the pre-draft process. So I, I'm I'm very, very excited. One, that he got picked by the Bucks, and two, that to see to see how he does in an NBA uh setting for sure. But especially early on in the season, like give him a shot. Like the games don't matter. Like, why not? See what you got there. Yeah, yeah especially with a pair of wing players out in uh Chris and Joe Ingles. Right, right. And that's the thing, like you you figure once. I mean, Chris will be back. They keep saying early in the season, what does that mean? I don't know. But we know Ingles is out till the new year. Um, and then even then, you're talking about a ramp up, right? So, uh, I mean, where's the offense for Bochamp? Nobody knows. You know, he's working on a three. Um, there's obviously a big difference between even practicing because uh, the Bucks, like, I don't know fans know this like the bucks don't practice in the regular season <laughs> um it's just not a thing that they do i think last year i counted they maybe practiced 15 or 16 times oh wow um, <laughs> so and i know they like their play groups for the young guys like their five on fives with coach but it's just not it's just not the same as trying to get that shot off and feeling good about it um and so yeah i i think whatever the impacts are guys, it's, it's going to be defensively first, which maybe gets them on the court and then the offense we see. Um, but you might as well try. Cause at some point, <laughs> like money wise, um, you're going to need some guys who can give you minutes that aren't making $40 million. <laughs> like you just can't have that many on the team. So uh, that, right. that's part of the developmental process too, for him. 100%. So let's shift gears. We mentioned Chris a couple of times. Let's dive into Chris and this story. So I think just to start um, a little bit of background. So we'd, we'd just love to hear the background. It, 
Chris is known to be a pretty quiet person. I think that comes through in the story as well. He's kind of, you know, not, not to say like, I wouldn't like characterize it as ho-hum, but he's just kind of, it seems like, you know, I don't know Chris personally, unfortunately, but seems like a pretty unassuming, like casual, quiet person. So was it difficult to kind of get he and his family to, you know, speak and, and participate in the story or what was the process like of, of going down to Charleston? Yeah. So I, you know, I, I mentioned the, my, my early days with the Bucks and that was important because Chris and Giannis do, did remember me from back then. That's and awesome. part of that was, yeah, part of that was because we were the three new guys basically. Um, and if, if everyone remembers, um, no one really cared about Chris Middleton and this guy that no one's name they could pronounce. So like we kind of would all talk a lot <laughs> back then. So I come back and, and obviously time had elapsed, but you at least sort of have that like, oh, you were there at the beginning kind of thing, right? So once you sort of reestablish a trust and, oh, you're the same kind of guy, oh, you're the same kind of guy, blah, blah, blah. Um, and yeah, I, I think it, there, there's that familiarity there that helps. Um, and that helped me kind of overcome the virtual part of this, you know, where some guy like Pat Connaughton, I'd never met Pat Connaughton until the Eastern conference finals. Like we just, in order to do this stuff, you kind of need a little bit of trust. And the fact that Chris was like, yeah, man, come to Charleston, you know, um, Brittany Middleton, she's quoted in the story. She's the chair of the Middleton family foundation, his sister. She's also um, his business manager. So I, I'd gotten to know Brittany a little bit virtually over the last year. So she was on board. So there, there's the end. Um, and really, like once you're once a, a an athlete says, come to my home, <laughs> essentially, like my hometown. Um, that that says a lot. And and yeah, being able to to then mom's there, dad's there, you know, aunties and uncles. Now you're there, and that. It's, it's just a different thing than being on the phone. Um, and yeah, they kind of open up a little bit like, like Chris's mom and dad kind of, you know, razzed him a bit for his injury and wanting to like, you know, his, I, not all the quotes were in there, but his mom was like, you know, I've got these light bulbs. I need him to change. And he's like, Oh, I can't change the <laughs> light bulbs, ma. Cause like, you know, my, so, you know, just giving him a hard time. And, and even Chris, if people, and I do encourage you to go read the story. Um, you know, not that he's an explosive quote, but I do think he offered a little bit more than he normally does. Like when you see him sort of do the post game that's posted on TV, like a news clip or on YouTube, whatever it may be, because he was just more comfortable being at home. Um, I mean, we're having breakfast in this little place. He's like, man, I come here all the time. Like you could just, you just get that feel, if you will. Um you know, he talked about his contract, he even joked. He's like, look, they're going to give me everything I want. I'm here. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I don't know, like, would he say that at, at the podium? Like, I don't think so, you know? So, um, yeah, it was, it was, that's a little bit of background there was just knowing Chris sort of reestablishing that relationship a little bit over the last year and a half, especially once we got in person. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. It was, a, it was, you know, to be able to do that, I think was important. And I, and I, hopefully the readers got something out of it too. Got to know him a little bit as for like, you know, for as much stuff, like it was a better word that he catches 
here in Milwaukee, like, oh, what he is and who he is and what he's not, um, like how important of a figure he is in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, I, I tried to convey that as well. For sure. Real and quick, if we didn't, real quick, Rohan, before I'm, I think we're going to do the same thing, but uh, it's Jim's pin tweet. Yep. Uh, so that Jim Oswalski still got it pinned. Uh, we're going to post this the next day for one recording. So maybe still pinned. If not, um, it is called Chris Middleton stays grounded in hometown, hometown Charleston roots as he looks to add to Milwaukee Bucks legacy. If you're going to be one of those people who complains about supporting journalism and reading a story, I think I, I think right now it's like a dollar for six months of access to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. So you get Jim's work for like the whole season. Just pay the dollar, man. No one wants to see your tweet complaining about paying the dollar. So just go pay the dollar, please. And read the story. too. Yeah, read the story. Obviously. Yeah, because obviously we're not going to go through everything. So we, yeah, we need right. to go read the story. Uh, <laughs> But no, I, I, we we were on the same page. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. But no, go ahead, Rohan. It's it's what what's on your mind with the the great. Oh, do you Chris want me to Middleton do it again? And go read the story again. What are you talking? Well, about? Yeah, we should we could do that uh, on the air, or you could ask a question. Either <laughs> um, way. Obviously, one of the big things that was sort of quote unquote aggregated from this story was the uh, was the tidbits about Chris and his looming contract extension eligibility. Not looming. He is contract like extension eligible right now. Uh, and that's the news. He's had some quotes in your story about like, uh, it's a business. Who knows if this is going to be my last season in Milwaukee? Obviously, you mentioned earlier, like if they offer me everything, like, of course, I'll stay here. How how did it feel for you to really be the guy who's sort of like delivering that, that statement? Is is it sort of like from a from a journalistic perspective? Is it is it like a sort of a pseudo responsibility you feel to deliver that in a certain manner? It's a great question. Um, yeah. And, it, and I thought about that too, because it, it like, and Chris knew I was going to ask those questions. It'd be kind of weird if I didn't. Um, and so it's like, okay, how do you frame it in this story? Right. Um, or do you make it a separate, like hard news thing where it's just this. And I felt, I couldn't do that because then it, I felt that would be somewhat disingenuous. Like I went to Charleston to talk about him entering his 10th year with the Bucks. It's a nice round number. If he plays most of the season, he could be the number three all-time leading scorer. Like that's not a small thing, right? And, and, and about like his legacy in Milwaukee, especially if he opts out and signs somewhere else. Like, you know, I, I – that was, and, and obviously also Charleston and like the fact that he's this sort of really important person in his hometown. So on one hand, I felt like I couldn't just do a, that, that, that wouldn't be fair, right? Like I went there for this thing, but oh, by the way, here's a separate thing that like everyone's going to pay attention to. So that, at least that was the thought there. Um, so I, I felt like I worked it in organically. Uh, I hope, I do hope people read it. And, and would agree with me, but you're right, Rowan. Of course, that's going to get pulled out. Um, and and so I just tried to frame it in the correct contextual way that he said it um, and said the things and, and the way that he felt about it um, and how he was approaching this season. I'm actually going to have something coming out uh, at jsonline.com about him and Brooke Lopez, actually, uh, handling this and just how there's sort of this drama-free contract situation for two like championship cornerstones. Um, yeah. And, and Chris 
says I couldn't get everything in the story. So there's going to be a little more in that as well. Uh, but that's a great question. Um, I just, for me, I, I, I felt like it would be doing him a disservice and be a little inaccurate um, and disingenuous on my part to just like break it out and make it its own headline. Um, but I also had to ask the question. <laughs> so I hopefully that answered what you were asking. <laughs> no, it didn't. Definitely. I, I think uh, it, it's funny. Yeah, we've, we've only talked about Brooke's situation a little bit, which is a little strange because it is, you know, a similar place. I mean, I think Brooke a little farther along in his NBA career than Chris, but still it, coming on being essentially an expiring contract this year. Although I don't know, I, I, I don't have any sources or reporting on this. My thought has always been, they're going to figure it out with both of those guys one way or another, um, you know, see how long Brooke wants to keep playing. I think once he did get healthy last year, he looked like Brooke again. So that, that bodes well for, for that. But, you know, whether it's an extension or not, I've been, I've been saying I would, I would bet on Chris does get extended. Obviously time is running out for that, but I was going to ask if, which, if you would bet, which way you would bet Jim, but now you got the story coming out. I don't want you to spoil the story, <laughs> no. so I won't make you bet. <laughs> no, I, it's, um, no, I definitely are. I'm not making a prediction by any, any measure, but um, it is interesting guys. And, and I'm sure you've talked about this too, with like the Bobby Portis extension, like the bucks are in that. I mean, the NBA just, the, the way it's set up, you know, and this goes back to Chris Middleton's max deal the first time where people get all mad, right? Like Chris Middleton's not a $35 million a year player. Well, yeah, he is because if you're not going to pay him that and he's going to walk, then the bucks only have no money <laughs> to, to pay anybody else. Like, right. like he's a $40 million or $50 million a year player because that's what it says it is. And that's what the bucks can pay him. And it, and Brooke Lopez is in a little different boat as an unrestricted free. Yes. He's extension eligible, eligible, but I think even his like max quote unquote is still like 13, 14 million. Like it's not, it's yeah. not the crazy number. So you're right. Um, I think their value Middleton's value to the bucks, I think is commensurate with what the bucks can pay him. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, he's 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 a he's a 45, 50 million dollar player year to the Bucks. Should he go to Atlanta um, or Orlando or whomever else? Like, I, like, is he that guy? Probably not. Um, but they also. Yeah. So you're right. Like, I feel like it's a great situation for everyone involved. It's just at this stage of their careers and what the bucks are with the cap and, and the tax and the repeater tax and all that stuff. Like there's just different considerations that I could see for sure. This plays out until next summer and, and they wait on Chris, especially with that, you know, what does he do with the option? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I mentioned earlier, there were a few quotes, obviously like this has been aggregated and stuff, but uh like I said, NBA is like a business and things change. Like, did, did you view that as you were uh, sort of listening to him say these things? Did you sort of view that as him being like having a genuine openness about like, hey, this this could be it? Or is, or did you get like a sense of maybe it's he's sort of gaming the system a little bit? It's like, oh, hey, Bucks, I could leave. I, I yeah, could do that. I, it, in the moment over, uh, you know, 
waffle, uh, French toast and a bagel sandwich. Oh, um, I definitely took it as a very like, this is the thing you're supposed to say when you're in that situation. You know, um, I didn't look, I, I think he's the Kyrie Irving thing. I think maybe amplified this for the casual NBA fan in that when you have a player option, you never tick up the player option. <laughs> like, like the player option is the thing that you take, you do when like things go, I almost swore there, when things go way sideways for you, <laughs> right? Like it's, it, it's that there's a bad season ending injury or, or you're going to be like Rudy Gobert when he's like 45 and it's $60 million and you just take <laughs> it because that's what it is, right? So like if Chris Middleton goes to the All-Star game or is a quote-unquote snub at 21 points per game and he's right around that night, you know, the 50-40-90 the club again, like he's going to decline the option because that's just what you do. Um, and then what does that mean? That means you're either an unrestricted free agent, but you kind of have that like wink-wink, all right, the Bucks are going to give you all the money. <laughs> or, and when he says things could change, like I don't know, you know, maybe he said, maybe he's looking at it like, wow, what if ownership doesn't want to go that deep into the tax for me, right? If he, if his numbers decline again and he doesn't have the same kind of year and that those shooting struggles, like, I think Chris is a very realistic uh, businessman and a very realistic player. Like, I think he is well aware of his status in the game, meaning he knows he's an all-star, <laughs> But he also knows he's not Giannis. So, um, yeah, Ron, I think that's how I took it was just be like literally the thing you're supposed to say. But also, like, I think he was being honest about it. Like, it wasn't just like a and that's why he put out there like, oh, you, you know, like he wants to stay in Milwaukee. Like, um, I think there's a great fit here, but he's not. He's just very well aware of all the other things that that go into someone who's 31 and looking for for another four or five year deal. Yeah, certainly, certainly makes sense. And Chris is certainly entitled to get it as you, as you laid out both for the salary cap reasons. And, you know, we're talking about someone who is all-star level every year, even if he doesn't get it every year, great numbers, a proven championship player next to Giannis and Drew Holiday and everyone else. So obvious case for, for Chris to get the bag, so to speak. Right. One thing that stuck out in terms of, you know, you mentioned like, you know, Chris, maybe not as the most dynamic, you know, quote of all time, but certainly I thought some interesting things, the contract is stuff made the headlines and certainly is fascinating as we approach the, I think the deadline to extend him before, is before the season starts before this year, obviously they could still resign him and figure it out after the season too. But basically he, Chris, Chris more or less said, you know, it didn't even really get to feel like they won the championship for him mm. because, yeah. you know, he he had a kid and he was immediately going to the Olympics. And, you know, then before we all knew it, the next season was already already here. As we kind of talked about to start, how much has happened in general since December 2020 or since, you know, the summer of 21. So did that sentiment like surprise you at all? Had you known that already? Because it seemed like you know, Chris really opening up and kind of, and it was cool. He ties it together, right. By saying we have to go win another one so I can enjoy it more this time. 
But what was your reaction when he kind of said that? Yeah, I uh, and this goes back, you guys, to, to the previous part about just like, you know, he's not a, a, a splashy quote, but him just sort of opening up a little bit. And yeah, I think that was that was interesting to hear him sort of ad- admit um, <laughs> just sort of that. I, I actually, after he said that, um, I looked at him, I'm like, so you're basically saying that was an out of body experience <laughs> in the sense that he's like sort of looking at himself later. And he was like, yeah, you know, it was, um, it was interesting because like him and Drew are just so like, they've said versions of that, um, you know, afterward, like, especially at the start of last season, but they never really like, got into it and I think when you read that you're just kind of wow like man he didn't even you know he he said he was on the he was just nervous the whole time in the during the parade you know um which is just a weird like if you contextualize that it's like that's kind of a weird thing to think about right and and especially how celebratory that is and and all that meant and all that stuff so yeah it was it's a that, that's a good point Ty <laughs> It, it, it did strike me as he was saying that for sure. Yeah. A lot, a lot of good, a lot of good nuggets in there. Obviously, like we said, we're not going to talk about everything because everyone listening should go read that story. Um, but uh, just, just my last thing on the Chris, on the Chris feature, it's just, we've, we've talked a little bit about how, how fun it is to see like Chris open up and get sort of that experience. Uh, like obviously you being there was it was it just like a fun time like hanging out with Chris and like seeing how all of his story is developed in like uh in his hometown was that like a cool experience for you yeah it that stuff is always that stuff is always good honestly like um you know because they're guys are just first of all if they're on family and they're at home you know they're a little bit of the wall comes down you know um and that's important. And look, I, I got to meet his high school coach and, and his best friend, Travis Smith. You know, so these are people who mean a lot to him and who otherwise probably not that they wouldn't be engaging because they do a lot of media. John person is a high varsity basketball coach. Travis Smith used to play professional ball. Like they're well-versed in the media, but it's different when, you know, the guy says, all right, this dude's cool. Like you get the pass, right? So then now I know where to go to eat, <laughs> right? Where's the favorite ice cream shop? Like, so not that I did those things with those people, but they just kind of give you that hometown said, I've never been to Charleston. So um, that was cool. Like, all right, this is where I'm going to go. All right, I'm going to get this and, and eat that or, or experience this. So yeah, I, without a doubt, I, I'd be not a human if I didn't at least acknowledge that, yeah, when you get to do those things, and I've been fortunate enough to do a handful of my career um, it is always, it's, yes, it is always a good time. That's, that's so cool. Yeah. It's uh, if I'm ever in Charleston, Jim, I'll, I'll DM and ask the ice cream spot. Cause I need, sure. I need the Chris Wilson approved <laughs> ice cream. No question. Um, we've got to ask, you know, being around the team and at, so much of it, unfortunately virtual, but then, you know, certainly some in-person opportunities, just uh, of any fun stories that stand out from the beat, you know, from talking to the players, the coaches, you know, we're always thriving for more Bud content on the pod, but it doesn't have to be Bud. Giannis always a good option, but it doesn't have to be Giannis. Just any any you know random fun story you've got from being around the Bucks. Oh man, I, I I should have been prepared for something like this. Um, you know, 
I'd say their shooting games after practices are kind of fun, you know, where, I mean, it's just that, I mean, they're shooting games, you know, you make, you miss, um, you go, you know, they, Giannis is very vocal when he wins, of course. Um, <laughs> he's very proud to go to the whiteboard and, and mark down his W's, you know, um, man, you know, I, I think that the, the honest truth is is they are a very close team and what i mean by that is is you see very genuine interaction very genuine um joking around and and i'll even take it a step further i was hanging out in the hall with Giannis when i i forget what team sterling brown was on at that point but i think sterling was hurt Dallas? And oh, was it no? You know what? It, no, was it talking about? It was Eric Bledsoe? Excuse me. Oh, okay. And and they like they hadn't seen each other since the bubble. Does that mean right? Am I getting my yeah. my time correct? Yeah. So, like even that, you know what I mean? And and I know that's not like funny or or super exciting, but I think it speaks to how good they are. <laughs> and why it works for them. Um, and if there's concern from Bucks fans, like, Oh, like they're old or maybe we should have got new players. Like I, I've been around enough teams that have broken apart or don't have that where, when you get into the whole chemistry, what does chemistry mean? Oh, they didn't have good chemistry. Maybe you read about it after the fact that, Oh, I don't know. Guys didn't like each other. Um, I think that's a real thing. Right. And I've seen enough of that with the jokes or the, the ribbing each other or, or even the supporting one another of, look, I went to the opening of, of the evolved church on the North side of Milwaukee. And that that's a place where, you know, Chris and Drew and George came together to support one another. Um, I'm not revealing anything in their personal life. I spoke to them all there. That's all jsonline.com. Not violating any privacy there. Um, but like stuff like that, right? Like where they they do things with and for one another off the court, I think was cool to see once COVID broke for me. Um, now, yeah, like I, I, you know, I've been around a couple coaches who've had Achilles, like Matt LaFleur was one of them. Bud's got the scooter. Um he doesn't want to talk about the scooter right now. Um, you is know, there anything, he, is there anything Bud does want to talk about particularly? Uh, uh, you know, I like Puzzles. when I, I you know, he's a golfer. He's a stick oh. man. Like he can play, um, but he didn't even really want to talk about that when I saw him out at the Ryder Cup <laughs> a couple of years ago. So I, you're right. That's a. I think Bud would talk about wine, yeah. but I don't. I I'm not a wine drinker, so I don't think I could get to the level of wine discussion that bud would entertain me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. think he would know I'd be a poser. You know what, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but so I, I, maybe I need to start drinking some wine guys. I don't know. Uh, if people listen to this and you want to like send me some wines and stuff like, but then again, I also don't have Bud's budget, so maybe I can't know what. <laughs> it's it's work related. You can expense that. Yeah, yeah, right. Like the Adam Schefter, like the thirty thousand dollar, like whatever. I don't know if I can roll with that either. I don't think I, I don't know if my editors would like approve. It. <laughs> uh, no, that's amazing. It's uh, 
it's it's always great stuff from you on the beat uh even though it's only it's not coming up on two years for you on the beat now but uh it's it's been a pleasure you do great work uh jim ozarski uh, you can find his work at jsonline.com and on twitter follow him at jim ozarski j-i-m-o-w-c-z-a-r-s-k-i on twitter find all the stuff again his pinned tweet is the chris middleton feature that everyone should be reading jim is there any any other thing you want to shout out besides the uh says the Chris and Brooke feature that's going to be uh, coming soon. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a column coming up. I mean, we've got um, I mean, all I can say is, look, yeah, I mean, you guys plugged it before. JSonline.com. Lori Nickel, our columnist, she'll probably be around a little more, maybe after the Brewers are done wrapping up their whatever it is they're going to be doing. Um, obviously, the Packers in the heart of it. But yeah, like Ben Steele helps out, of course, um, you know, all of our great coverage. I would definitely say go over to JSonline.com backslash deal. As you guys said, just check us out. I mean, it's a dollar. Uh, hopefully I can earn your uh, your readership beyond that or follow me. Uh, Rowan, thank you so much for, sh- for shouting that out. Thank you, guys. I, I appreciate you uh, having me on and, and introducing me to, to your listeners. Absolutely. Yep. Happy to do it, Jim. And we'll also include the links to that stuff in the show notes. You may have to copy paste uh, depending on your platform, but we'll drop the links to your Twitter and the story there, too. But no, thank you so much for your time. And thank you to everyone for listening. Make sure you check out gspn.info for all your Eurostep podcast network needs. Pod random, and we will talk to you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.